All praises are due to Allah, Lord of the worlds. And surely the best reward is for those who have taqwa. And surely there is no animosity except for the oppressor. And I bear witness that Allah is one and has no partners. And that Muhammad, the son of Abdullah, is his servant and his last messenger. May Allah always, may Allah constantly send peace and blessings to Muhammad, to his family, his companions, and all those who call to his way and establish his sunnah to the day of judgment. As to what follows, I begin by cautioning myself and you to remain vigilant in the consciousness of Allah and to know that there is one mighty in power who is surrounding all things with his knowledge. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed in the last testament, O you who believe, fear Allah in the way that he should be feared and do not die except as Muslims. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the bottom line that we should live in this world remembering the Creator. And we should try our best to pass out of this world as Muslims. The bottom line today, it is not just territory. It is not just physical property. The bottom line in the struggle today is aqidah wa wujud. It is belief. It is the essence of the struggle going on in this world. Belief and existence. The existence of our community. The existence of the followers of the Prophet Muhammad And Allah told us very clearly in Surah Al-Baqarah, فَلَا عُدْوَانَ إِلَّا عَلَى الظَّالِمِينَ That even if fighting ends, even if you fight them, فَإِنْ إِنْتَهَوْ فَلَا عُدْوَانَ إِلَّا عَلَى الظَّالِمِينَ If fighting even ends, our struggle against zulm, against oppression, continues. It is a continuous struggle to the day of resurrection. Zulm is translated in many cases as oppression. But the scholars have shown us there are deeper meanings to Zulm. One is that we can transgress over the boundaries of ourself. We could be oppressors of our own self. Zalim linafsi. We can oppress our body, we can oppress our minds. But there is also transgression over the boundaries of others. When you transgress the boundaries of others. Also when you transgress or when you claim something which does not belong to you. That is a form of doom. And finally one of the root definitions is not only to claim what does not belong to you, but to deny the claims of others. This is also a form of oppression. We have to teach our children 
We have to teach our community. We have to make it clear even to non-Muslims, those who are ignorant of what is happening in the world, ignorant of history. History is crucial for us. Our experiences before inform what we are doing today. And when we look at the land of Philistine, when we look at this land, never forget that in 1917, 99% of Palestine was controlled by the Palestinian people. 99% was Palestinian territory. But with the world's World War I and World War II happening, by 1946, 90% was Palestinian and 10% was occupied. And then, after 1948, in 1949, Israel, the illegal state, occupying state of Israel, controlled 77%. It changed because of the war. And by 1967, the occupiers took over the land completely. So that anybody who lived within that territory was an occupied people. We have to teach our children reality, not just what comes on the television or the internet or on the papers, reality on the ground. October 7th changed the course of history. And now the move is being made by the occupying powers Remember your history in 1917, 99% was Palestinian territory. But now their move is total genocide to completely wipe out the people who are living within those lands and to drive them out of their own territory. The present situation there are over 25,000 people died. It's not just 18. If you include the people under the rubble, over 25,000 people have been killed. Two-thirds of them women and children. Over 60 to 70% of the housing units have been destroyed by the day the house is being destroyed. Hospitals are destroyed. Power stations are being destroyed. Water systems are being destroyed. It is a complete destruction that is happening in front of the eyes of the world. And for those who attended the environmental uh, meeting in the Emirates, the COP24 environmental meeting, they should never forget that what is happening in Philistine is an environmental genocide. It's a genocide of the environment as well, which will have an impact not only on the Middle East, but on the rest of the world. The water is polluted. White phosphorus is being thrown down upon the people. Disease is now spreading. 
The systems of life are being destroyed. And so the intention is clear. The complete destruction of a land, the complete destruction of a people, and to drive them into the desert. But what we have to realize, there's something else happening at the same time. It is not only a physical destruction and genocide, it is a cultural, it is the culture of the people. As we saw in the Bosnian conflict, when Bosnian people were being exterminated by the Serbians. And it was so strange to see that the Serbians were attacking schools, museums, historical sites. And we asked, why would they do this? And the answer was, if you destroy the history of a people, you will destroy their memory. They will not understand who they are. And if you can do that, then you will have a permanent slave. Because if the mind is enslaved, even if the body is so-called free, you're still a slave. And so a cultural genocide is happening in front of our eyes. Teach our children. Show to the world. Recently, a destruction happened at the Grand Mosque of Gaza, Masjid al-Umari al-Kabir. This masjid is one of the important historical sites for the Muslim world, not just Palestinian people. It was built in ancient times originally by the Palestinian people called Philistines. It was a pagan temple for the goddess of fertility. In the fifth century, when the Romans took over, they changed the pagan temple into a church. And that continued until the Muslims then opened up the territory, and that church was transformed into a masjid. And it was under the rule of Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anh. That's why it is called al-Masjid al-Umari. And so that masjid continued and it was built up by the Muslims. It was a trust, not just of Palestinian people, but it was waqaf. It was a trust for all of the Muslims. Ibn Battuta, rahimahullah, the famous Muslim traveler, when he visited Gaza in the 10th century, and he writes about this in his history book, he said, Masjid al-Umar, beautiful masjid. It has 38 columns. It is a beautiful historical structure. But that minaret, in 1033, the minaret was destroyed by an earthquake, but it was rebuilt. Keep this in your mind. It was destroyed, but the Muslims rebuilt it. The Crusaders then came, and the Crusaders took over the building, and they turned it into a church. They turned it into a church. The same as what happened with Mashal Aqsa. You have to realize history is repeating itself. 
the Crusaders took over Masjid al-Aqsa in Jerusalem and they turned it into a barn. They turned it to a place for their pigs, for their horses. 88 years they controlled it. But Muslims rose back up. We were resilient. Our ummah is resilient. It's like a giant that takes time to stand. But when the giant stands, it finishes its opposition. And so in 1187, the Ayyubid family of Salahuddin, Sultan Salahuddin al-Ayyubi rahimahullah, they took it back from the Christians and they rebuilt it again. So the masjid is taken over, being rebuilt. The Mamluk dynasty in the 13th century, they rebuilt it as well, but the Mongols came. The Mongols came in 1260, the Mongols came and they destroyed the masjid until there was nothing left but rubble. Nothing but rubble. Muslims stood up. And Saif al-Din Qutuz of the Mamluks, who are not Arabic-speaking people, they are Mamluks, mercenary soldiers from Central Asia, they took over, they defeated the Mongols, and they rebuilt it again. So every time they tried to destroy it, it was rebuilt and the Ottomans came, the Ottoman Turks, and they restored it and built it again. But in World War I, in the 20th century, the British destroyed part of the masjid with their bombs. But in 1925, the Supreme Muslim Council restored the masjid again. And so it stood until December 3rd, 2023, when it was totally destroyed again. So the cycle happens. Inside that masjid were old copies of the Quran, old mushafs, historical books, historical artifacts. So when you destroy a structure like this, you are destroying the memory of the people, or you are trying to destroy the memory of the people. But we have to recognize what is happening. Since October 7th, 104 masjids have been destroyed. Even a number of churches are destroyed. A 1,000-year-old Greek Orthodox church was destroyed. All of this is happening right in front of the eyes of the people. And instigation is going on. But the reality is, every time they destroy it, we come back and we rebuild it again. They are trying to incite us. Zionists in masjids, singing songs. They want Muslims to do something crazy, overboard, so they get the sympathy of the world. Our way is to hold the line. Our way is to be resilient and to continue to apply pressure. As a person who you have in, you have his neck with your hand and you apply the pressure slowly and slowly, you apply it until that person is finished.
And so our pressure needs to continue. Every single person in the prayers that we make, in the actions that we make, even here in Canada, our demonstrations have had an effect. The petitions have had an effect. And we need to support our groups like NCCM, those groups that are out front, that are defending the Muslims. Sign the petitions, boycott, even if it means not drinking certain cups of coffee. Change your lifestyle and realize we don't have to be consumers based upon a false capitalistic system. But we need to continue and realize what Allah has told us. They want to put out the light of Allah with their mouths. But Allah will complete his light. Even if the disbelievers despise it. So teach our children, never forget. Never forget the suffering. Never forget the, the, the humiliation. Never forget the oppression that is going on. And teach our children also that we are coming back. We have continued to come back and we will not be defeated except by the permission of Allah. And Allah has told us through his prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, وَلَا تَزَالُوا طَائِفَةٌ مِّنْ أُمَّتِي عَلَى الْحَقِّ ظَاهِرِينَ لَا يَضُرُّهُمْ مَنْ خَالَفَهُمْ حَتَّى يَأْتِيَ أَمْرُ اللَّهِ That there will continue to be a group from this ummah. طَائِفَةٌ مَنْصُورَةٌ ظَاهِرِينَ they will be victorious and they will not be affected even if everybody runs away until Allah has issued his order for the changing of history. And so we are right at that point. We have Muslims who are holding the line, waiting for Amrullah. And we have to have the patience to wait for the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But continue the pressure on the neck. Don't let go. And teach our children this is a lifestyle. This is not one incident. This will be for the rest of our lives. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on the innocent children in Gaza and Philistine. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect the dignity and the honor of the women in Gaza and Philistine. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raise up strong mujahideen all over the Muslim world to bring back the honor of Philistine. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take our leaders, our confused political leaders, take their minds from darkness into light. And may Allah unite all of us that our last words would be kalima la ilaha illallah. Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum wa li sa'ili muslimini min kulli dhanbin istaghfiru innahu huwa ghafur rahim.